days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time, and we have tons of news, including somebody in particular running out of time. Uh, But there was a lot of moves because the 49ers had to make cuts. We've had two more days of practice um, before they travel to L.A. to to practice with the Chargers and join practices for Thursday and Friday. Um, But there's some news that we need to go over, and this should be very fun to go over. It's exciting week of 49ers football it's an extremely exciting week of 49ers football so make sure that you hit that like button you've hit that subscribe button you've hit that notification bell that while you're notified for anything that breaks including us saying bye 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 to some members and a few people being out of time on this podcast officially forever at least for the 2021 season unless for some reason they get brought back but and we got to start with the thing that i've been seeing everywhere from everybody and it's not a cut right it's time to smack the panic button, according to some of the Ooh. faithful. It's time to start absolutely freaking out. It's the fact that Trent Williams went out of practice the other day with a, what, what Kyle Shanahan described as another player running into and kind of banging up against his hip slash knee. He said there was nothing really con- too concerning with it. Um, as of at, the, at this point in time, right, there wasn't anything terrible with it. And 49ers fr- fans, uh, pretty much every single fan group I'm a part of on Facebook, Twitter, I'm seeing it all over the place. It's time to hit the panic button. It's time to start freaking out completely. The season is done. One guy even messaged us on one of our, our video that came out yesterday talking about the O-line and if, if we should be worried. He said 100% yes, Trent Williams is hurt, and therefore the season is basically, it's gone. It's done. Just throw it into the abyss. Throw it into the black hole. It's over. Okay. Um, first off, <laughs> uh, there was knee swelling. So, yes. you know, that's always concerning. But if you bang knees, you're going to get knee swelling. That's could, number could, one. Could just be a knee contusion. Correct. Um, second, we have not heard an official word. I'm pretty sure that if something serious would have happened, we would have heard that, hey, it was a torn ACL or it was, you know, a meniscus or something, or he's going to have to get his knee scoped. Whatever it was, we would have heard about it. Um, it hasn't come out, which is a good sign. That means this is something that's going to be okay. Uh, no, you're not going to get to see him against Joey Bosa, so I'm sorry that joint practices, which are not televised, um, are not going to be must-watch TV. Um, so, unfortunately, Trent Williams probably will miss the, the game. He, you know, he probably won't play against the Chargers, maybe even the Raiders. Who knows how it goes? But who cares as long as he laces them up and plays against Detroit? We've been at training camp. This guy looks absolutely fantastic. One knee, uh, you know, bang up or whatever they want to call this thing. I don't even know what to call it because I, Kyle Shanahan kind of said, like, they banged into each other. Um, and at that point, it was a knee slash hip. Uh, now, we, now we know it's a knee, but I just don't think it's that serious yet. Until I hear something else, I'm definitely not pushing the panic button. Um, am I concerned? Of course, because I'm concerned any time that your star left tackle has something. But the fact that there's no news means it's good news. As of right now, no news is just no news, folks. Yeah. So it's just it is what it is. And anytime I hear knee banging knee, I don't tend to freak out. The worst thing that you typically think of is some sort of knee fracture, right? You could have a kneecap fracture or something like that. That wouldn't be great. But he classified it as knee hip. Everything that's come out since then has been just knee. Yeah. Knee related. So knee bone uh, you know it could it could be as simple as a bone bruise i mean that can be you know depending on how deep the bone bruise is and how far like the, the bruising actually goes down 
It could be discomforting and maybe keeps him out a few weeks, but it shouldn't be something that is detrimental to his performance. Plus, we've talked about this, right, with Trent Williams. He just tends to miss a game or two. You don't want it to be the first game of the year, obviously and ideally. Right. Uh, but you know what? Extra reps for Jalen Moore this week going up against Bosa. I like that. He's going to get tested. It's not like he hasn't been getting tested in practice as it is anyway. So good reps for the young guy coming in. See how he holds up. And uh, yeah, 49ers fans, please please don't start hitting the panic button before we even know anything about what's going on with Trent. Yeah, you don't hit the panic button until you actually know what is going on. Uh, information is the key, um, but I'm not going to get worried about practice. Once again, Trent Williams is an all-pro player, uh, probably an eventual Hall of Famer. Um, so I'm definitely not concerned about this guy missing a couple days of practice. Once again, if this develops into something, it could be more concerning. You know, if we find out more information about it. Um, but as of right now, definitely I'm not pushing the panic button. Just really, there's really no reason to. No, I don't even have a panic button. That's usually true. Yeah, usually true. There were tons of other cuts, you know, that happened. I know we had the Williams injury concerns, and there's some other injury concerns, um, but there were some cuts, and I think we need to get into that. People are interested about um, who was let go, and I think the first one that we're going to get into is Josh Rosen. Um, it was official. It was no surprise to us that when it was going to happen, or that it was going to happen. Um, just when, I think, um, because the overall thought was that this guy would probably not play in the first preseason game of playing the second game. They flipped it, um, got his film on, you know, got him on film in the first game. Uh, it seems pretty clear that that was so that way he could share it with other teams um, because he, he's going to get moved on. He got zero reps in practice this week. Um, so that is usually a sign that, you know, you've been weighed and measured and been found wanting um, and he's not going to make the team. Um, it's not a surprise to us. It's only a surprise to some people that were pushing the narrative that Josh Rosen was, in fact, better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Who, uh, was, pu- who was pushing that narrative, mm, I wonder? I don't know. I He's one snap away from ending everything. Um, but let, let's just say that, you know, it wasn't a surprise. Josh Rosen's going to try. You know, he, he tries hard. Um, it's just it's not in the cards for him in San Francisco. We'll see if he lands somewhere else. Um, but this was not a surprising cut. No. Uh, in fact, Ant, I was the one putting it out there that I felt it could happen. As early as this first cut, um, right. you know, I, I wasn't 100% sold on it because, like you said, uh, moving on from this guy that early, it just didn't feel like, you know, maybe because maybe you want to see what him and Sudfeld can do. And you, you and I both had a feeling that maybe one of them is going to end up on the practice squad. Maybe you keep one of them around as quarterback three. Uh, but it just, you know, I, I had a gut feeling that if he didn't perform a certain way and, I, and we were sitting there watching the game and I said, you know, if he does he throws a pick on this last drive, he's definitely for sure gone on that yeah. coming Tuesday for cuts. Uh, but look, they, they made the move right. They bring in another cornerback uh, to add some cornerback depth. They bring in Devontae Harris too. Um, so they bring him in. They wave Josh Rosen. Uh, so this isn't a surprise to me that he's gone. Right. It's not a surprise to you. I think most rational 49ers fans are looking at this and being like, yeah, this, this makes about enough sense. But for some reason, man, for those, those few folks out there who, who really, really were sold that Josh Rosen in the system was going – it was going to work. Like, it just made sense. How could it not work? Top 10 overall pick, right? Shanahan's a quarterback guru. There are things that you can do as a coach to negate weaknesses or limitations of your quarterback. You can't make them make better decisions. Yeah, I mean, and, and one of the big problems is this is what's pushed down people's throat for the entire summer, um, was that we really needed, we didn't even need to trade up to get a quarterback because we had Josh Rosen and he was a top 10 guy. Unfortunately, that is very misguided and led people down a wrong path where they really did consider Josh Rosen as a legitimate option for the 49ers. Um, when they signed Nate Sudfield, I think 
everyone took a look at it like, wait, wait, they wouldn't assign Nate Sudfeld. They felt comfortable with Josh Rosen. That should have been a signal to everyone. Um, it's been a signal to me since he was at UCLA. There was no question this guy was never going to um, be a, a starter in the NFL. I just didn't see it. Um, but yeah, this guy's gone, and I think we can now finally close the door. Um, so for, for Josh Rosen, I'm sorry. We have no more time for you on this on this show, um, but we won't get you on the next one. No, we won't. We really, we really won't indeed. No. Uh, and that wasn't the only no. set of guys that they had basically waived and released. There was tight end Joshua Perkins as well that was released and waived. What some people were not happy about, apparently. I'm a little confused as to that yeah. because I watched some of the film back, and there were some positives from him there. He didn't stand out to me over Charlie Warner. He didn't stand out to me over Jordan Matthews. Not even close. There's no reason to keep this guy in and around in that spot. You still have Michael Pruitt that's going to be coming right. back from injury. And he's probably getting ready to come back. That's probably why this made a lot of sense. 100% because if you feel I, – I think you and I both feel, right, if that wasn't the case and Michael Pruitt wasn't ready to come back yet – there are some other areas where they could have trimmed some fat and gotten rid of a few other people. Yeah, and I think a couple of the injuries probably forced this to happen a little bit early. Um, you have some offensive line injuries, so you can't really lose offensive line depth right now. You need those guys to play preseason games. You know, you have Trent Williams out. You have Aaron Banks out. Um, th that's not a good sign. So you, you can't have this happening. Um, so you got to make sure you keep offensive line, which I think they would have trimmed a little bit there. Um, so you just can't do a defensive line injuries. You got to keep more guys there. So you have guys that go through preseason games. So those cuts are coming down the line um, probably after this next game. But you're right. It, this is just somebody that was going to eventually get cut. Might as well get it done now. Yeah, I agree with you. It was the right time. It was the right decision. It was the right move. Uh, they also waived cornerback Kem, Ken, excuse me, Kem, Ken Webster. Uh, not surprised by that. I feel like there were some names at other, uh, other positions, a couple, maybe the other safeties they could have went with. But the reason I feel this makes sense is because I didn't feel he had the impact necessarily on special teams that he would need to have if, in order to be able to make a case to be staying on this roster going forward. Well, once again, they have a guy that's not going to make the roster. Um, so the you can cut him, you know, and then if somebody com becomes available, which happened, um, they end up bringing in somebody, Devontae Harris. Um, so now they're going to take a look at Devontae Harris. So now it makes sense. Yes, Rosen was the corresponding move that you know from Devontae Harris, um, but definitely they had decided that Webster wasn't going to be somebody that could crack the top five or six corners on this team, and they needed to go with somebody else, and Harris is that guy. Um, and Harris is probably that guy also because Emmanuel Mosley is nursing a hamstring problem. Uh, now that that is going on, which, you know what, you miss a week for um, the testing issues, and then you come back and all of a sudden you come up with a hamstring, that is not out of the ordinary. Um, so Emmanuel Mosley is going to be on ice for probably at least a week, maybe longer, depending on you know what kind of injury it actually is. But bringing in somebody that is at least got some experience um, that was drafted by the Denver Broncos in the fifth round in Harris, at least you have a guy that has started football games in the NFL. Um, and it wasn't too long ago, a couple years ago, where he actually played in 16 games. So sure. that's not a bad thing to bring in someone with experience. Will he make this roster? No, he will not. But take a look at him, see what he can do, um, because he might be able to benefit your team. Uh, like they had other guys that did that last year. They brought him in, and eventually they cut him and brought him back. So. Sure. I mean, look, he's got 10 starts under his belt. Devontae Harris does. He's played. He's played in over 40 games in his career. So this is a guy who has experience in the league. He understands what you need to do out on the field. He understands scheme. Um, he's just going to be a nice temporary fit until Emmanuel Mosley's healthy. It's the reality of the situation. Yeah, I mean, he's just a depth guy. Um, he can, he's going to get us to the Chargers game. After that, there's no guarantees on what happens with this guy. Could be Sayonara. It, it probably could. Look at Vanderdose. Vanderdose comes in. Uh, he plays in the game. Vanderdose, nah. 
it Goodbye. was it was definitely the undershirt game, man. Kyle Shanahan was yeah. probably watching that film and was like, "Can't do it." Yeah, God, I can't stick around. Yeah, no, there was absolutely no game there with the undershirt. Uh, it, it, if I was Vanderdose, I mean, somebody's got to tell him like, "That's not a good look, man. Come on." You got to get just a light of it, yeah. a, a closer red. Try and match the. Yeah, red he, the he looked like he was wearing the 49ers red from the late 1990s. It was. Um, maybe he didn't get the memo. Maybe it was a lucky shirt. Um, we don't know. Well, but, that's definitely not the case. It's definitely not. If it was lucky, it's not lucky no more. It's like the, the person that finds the lucky rabbit's foot from a dead person. Uh, I think that luck ran out. That luck is definitely uh, <laughs> dead and gone and uh, won't be coming back anytime soon. No. Uh, but Vanderdose as well, yeah, kind of goes bye-bye. And then they also wave and kind of put on the injury list there with uh, Austin Watkins, mm -hmm. which isn't a surprise. Mm -hmm. I think the only surprise is the fact that they're reporting this happened during the game. Yeah. And I'm going to call massive amounts of poppycock yeah. on that. Yeah, we can explain this. So we were at training camp on Thursday, and we're sitting next to some other media people. Accurate. And there are media all over the field. How is it that, that we're the only ones that notice that Austin Watkins is grabbing his foot? He's limping very uh, very noticeably. Extremely noticeably. Extremely noticeably, and he starts grabbing his foot. Um, we even tweeted that we believed it was a toe because the way he was grabbing it. Um, it looked it, like turf toe. I mean, it, true, we, in face-off this week, I talked about Austin Watkins' turf toe. Yeah. I was convinced. It was turf toe, folks. Yeah. It looked at all the signs of turf toe. And you know what it was? It's a broken foot, and he's going on IR, and he's going to get stashed by the 49ers. Lucky break for the Niners, pun intended. Um, but, yeah, I don't know how no one no one saw this. No one realized it happened because we definitely saw it. We definitely seen the injury, um, and that's why we put it out there. And now, now he's out. And it's like, yeah, I mean, this guy was going to have a tough uphill battle to make this roster. Um, but now it, they put the injury designation on him. So if nobody claims him, he's going to revert back to the 49ers. Um, and one or two things can happen. They can store him and they can keep him on the IR or they can reach an injury s settlement with him, um, which they did with him, Harris Jr. And then move him on for less money. So, um, we'll wait and see what happens with him. It's going to be interesting. I, I want to see kind of what happens and what they decide to do and what direction they decide to go with this. Uh, because this has kind of been the plan, or not even necessarily the plan. This is kind of how things have rolled in this wide receiver room with wide receivers, especially guys taken late by the 49ers. They've ended up getting stashed. Yeah. Jawan Jennings ended up with an injury last year and getting stashed, right? This happened with Jalen Hurd as well. His first, like, this is just something that has happened in this wide receiver room, whether it's you know unluck, like actual just unluckiness, or whether there's kind of a concentrated effort and plan to kind of push these guys. Um, and then if, you know, if something happens, it's like, okay, well, Rather than you know giving this guy an opportunity to get back on the field, let's just cut our losses per se now and stash this guy away. That way he has more time to develop. We get a chance to look at him next year without anyone else being to touch him. Yeah, I I, th I think this guy's hurt. You know, I do. A hundred percent. From yes. we we saw his his reps, and it was it wasn't like oh he's kind of limping here or there. Like his reps even look slower. He's going through special teams, um, covering punts and all that, and it just. I mean, give the guy credit. He went out there and gutted it out because he's trying to make the football team. Uh, shows a lot of toughness and a lot of grit. Uh, you like to see that. It's unfortunate that he had this injury. He was having a really good camp. He I was. still think he was going to have a tough time to make this team just because how talented the receivers are. Um, but he was definitely in the conversation, and that's unfortunate. Um, but hopefully he'll revert back and the 49ers can keep him, and we'll see if they end up bringing him off the IR at some point or if they end up you know, putting him on the practice squad, whatever that looks like. It's going to be interesting indeed. And, yeah, he yeah. was having a good camp. We'll, we'll just have to kind of wait and see what happens. He can't rush to judgments there or anything like that. Um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting. That, yeah, is, that is for sure. For sure. Another big signing was uh, that they had earlier this week was Michael Kendricks. And the big news coming out is that he started taking reps alongside Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw at the Sam linebacker spot. So it didn't take long for this guy to go in there and fit. 
Um, Alshair still questions, right, because of the injuries. When will Alshair come back? Will it be week one? It looks like they have decided that it's not going to be Flanagan Foles. It's not going to be Jonas Griffith, but it's going to be Michael Kendricks that's going to get that spot, um, and he's going to be able to compete and then ultimately play Sam Backer. They released two linebackers this week. Uh, James Burgess and Donald Payne were both two of the cuts, um, so they went ahead and trimmed there. So Flanagan Foles, I think, needs to get his stuff together. He's going to be in trouble. Um, yes, he had the concussion protocol. You know, he's in a concussion protocol, and that's an issue. But the real problem is he hasn't played good in training camp. Uh, and you got to play good in training camp to be able to, um, you know, make make a name for yourself. I don't think he's doing that. In fact, I think Marcel Harris is ahead of him right now. I think Jonas Griffiths is ahead of him right now. Um, but Michael Kendricks is a nice signing, uh, somebody that understands the system already. Let's see what he does. Let's see how he looks. But it looks like he's going to get the the first option there without Shayer out, which isn't a surprise to me. I, I felt like when they made this move, it kind of just made sense. This guy would get the the first crack at this. Um, I think Jonas Griffith had a nice uh, nice day yeah. against the Chiefs, and I think uh, he's definitely not going to be someone that they take off the list in terms of guys who can get on this field. But I think they liked what they saw out of him out of the middle linebacker spot, and really want him to be able to focus in and dial in there. Uh, Flanagan Foles is going to have to get healthy, get on the field, and show improvements. And, you know, he, he has his weaknesses. We, we've already seen those in the past. We kind of know what they are. Um, there were flashes of it at that Saturday training camp at Levi's when we were there. Um, so he's just going to have to get some things cleaned up, but he's got to get back on the field first. And that, you know, coming out of concussion protocol, sometimes that's not easy to do. Yeah, I think they thought they had this linebacker room kind of figured out, you know, how it was going to sit. Uh, the injury to Aziz and then Flanagan Foles not performing to the level I think they anticipated um, have definitely brought questions to it. Uh, I think in the game we saw Burgess didn't look that good. Um, the one thing we'll, we'll, that is noteworthy is the two undrafted free agents um, from this year, Hilliard and uh, Sullivan, both are still on this roster uh, moving forward. So they did enough um, to make an impact on the 49ers where they cut two veteran players over them. Um, so at least good news for those guys in the linebacker room. Now, there were some concerning did-not practices, according to a lot of people. Um, so let's go over those a little bit. You had Banks, of course. He's out with the shoulder. We heard about that one. Yeah, you got Coleman with the knee. Concerning, but it is what it is. You got Jalen Hurd, who went through individuals yesterday. I went through individuals. Um, then he doesn't go through individuals the next day. He's doing uh, practice on the side. So maybe a little bit of concern there. Eh, we'll see. Uh, Javon Kinlaw out with the shoulder. I think that has been very clear that he's week to week. Um, I'm not really concerned about it either. Um, and then you have Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell with the abductor. Uh, we knew about that coming in, you know, before the game. Uh, Emmanuel Mosley with the hamstring. Concerning. Right. Just because it's concerning because of the lack of depth at the cornerback spot. And because it's a hamstring. Correct. Those linger. Yeah. And then, of course, Trent Williams, which we already talked about earlier. Um, I think the one that get, you know is going to pop up on everyone's uh, radar is, of course, Jalen Hurd. It's Hurd um, and, and Kinlaw. I feel like those two, outside of Trent Williams, obviously. Yeah. I think the next two names that people look at is Hurd because of all the injury history and the things with him, and then Javon Kinlaw because it's Javon Kinlaw and everyone's expecting him to have a big year. Um, I did enjoy the press conference when they... Grant asked about this, and Grant had kind of talked about, you know, oh, do you have a setback? And Kyle's like, yeah, you had a setback with a shoulder. And, all, and he's all, well, technically, actually, that's not a setback. So, no, didn't have a setback. Uh, just, you know, kind of. It's, an, it's a new It's just new a thing. new thing for, for Javon Kinlaw. Um, look, at Javon Kinlaw, I'm not too worried about it. Unless, unless we get to a point here where he's not able to go at all, right? We get to that Vader, that Ra Ra Raiders, the Raiders game 
right? Vegas Raiders. The Vegas Raiders, holy cow. Together, it's Vegas. I like that. (laughs) The Vegas Vegas Raiders, if we get to that preseason game and he's still not practicing and he's still not doing anything and he's still having some issues and they're starting to be like, yeah, well, he's kind of just week to week right now. Still at that point, yeah, red flag, some alarms going off and uh, that's not a good sign because we're probably not going to have this guy to start the year off, which just, you know, I wouldn't say that that destroys our defensive line, but it it kind of takes the hype and the highness already about this group and just kind of brings it down a little bit because we're still not going to be able to see all of these guys on the field at the same time healthy. But I'm not ready to hit the panic button on that yet. Jalen Hurd, I'm not too concerned with. This has kind of just been the MO. It's been on and off, on and off, on and off. I mean, be honest. If this was really that big of an issue, do you think that Shanahan just pulls a plug on this earlier and just says, puts him on IR, puts, puts him on the IR and, wait, and does the wave thing and tries to stash him away and wait for next year or wait till a little bit later in the year when he's healthier? Well, I think that we're going to get a clear, um, you know, clear picture of this after the San Diego, or, sorry, Chargers game. Sure. Uh, gosh, Diego, I want to call them San Diego all the time. All the time. Stay classy. Um, I always want to, but yes, I think we'll get a clear picture. If he plays in that game, my concern levels go down. If he doesn't play in that game and he's only got one opportunity against the Raiders, I do have a concern of him making this roster. And if that is the case, then they ultimately will try to put him on IR. I will say this, somebody will claim him. Somebody will claim him, stash him and wait. Uh, Seahawks, um, Rams, somebody's going to grab him, especially the Rams. That He could do so much in their offense. Um, and that would be unfortunate for the 49ers. So they've got to definitely work with this guy. Yes, it's a, it, you never want to hear that somebody's knee is you know bothering them a little bit. Um, but I don't know to what level and how cautious they're being with him. So I won't get too much into it, but uh, he needs to play against the Chargers. Uh, I think that is that would be big if he can. Um, and maybe they were resting him because they know they're about to travel. A lot of times when you have guys that have little injury, injury issues and stuff and you're going to fly, you make sure you take care of them. Uh, usually have an off day before travel day. So hopefully that's what that's what's going on. That's why I'm kind of not concerned. I feel like if this was really a big injury or something that Shanahan was frustrated with, that you know not only would Jalen be in the doghouse right now, but Jalen could have potentially just been put into that IR designation and waived. Um, you know, as, as a coach, if you're banking on a guy and betting on a guy and building a guy up and investing a lot of time in a guy, and he's just not fighting through things and not showing you that he's capable of doing the things you want him to do and being able to put himself out there and make some sacrifices for the group. At some point, you're just going to be done. Like, yeah, just going to be done. That press conference the other day, it started to feel like Shanahan was starting to take a turn towards Dunzoville. Like, just done with you. I'm sick of this. This is nonsensical. I expect you to be out there. I don't feel there's anything that wrong. The doctors don't feel there's anything that wrong. You know, get out of your own headspace and get out there, kid. He bounced back the next day, has an amazing day, has an incredible day. We were there for day 13 at camp. You know, then they rest him for the game. It's like, okay, well, well, hold on a second. If he was good to go and practice and you're liking some of the things you see, you think you'd want to get him out there on film and, and put it out there. Well, they didn't. Okay, well, he comes in the next practice, goes through the individuals, has some weird stuff going on during team. They rest him, take him out, doesn't do anything today, kind of works on a side field, you know, just kind of doing his own thing, right, on, on Tuesday practice, doing his own thing, really trying to just – slowly ease him into this okay i feel that this is in all honesty just part of the plan i'm starting i'm starting to wonder now if the only thing that wasn't part of the plan was the one practice where he was supposed to practice he doesn't shanahan gets upset and then he bounces back and once he bounced back kyle's like okay we're good i think the main thing with this is they want to make sure that he can play on on sundays um so ultimately if he can play on sundays and they need to manage him during the week as far as how he practices the reps that he gets that's zero concern for Kyle Shanahan. Those things are doable, right? You're doing it with D Ford. You're doing it with Nick Bosa. You can do it with players all the time. 
Uh, that This is just something that's common in the NFL where guys aren't always available for practice. If he's not going to be available on Sundays, that's when it's a problem for your football team because then you don't have him out there contributing. If you don't have him out there contributing, then he's hurting your football team. You can't have that. Um, so I'm not so worried about availability at practice as I am available at the game. So he needs to be out there. Um, I think this first one was a decision by medical staff and the team early on that he wasn't going to play in that game. But I think the next one will be that they want him to play. So he should be playing. I think that's part of the plan. If he doesn't play, I'll be concerned, and my hopes and dreams of getting a number 14 jersey to wear uh, for week one of Detroit will slowly be slipping through my fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope that's not the case. I don't want that for you at all. I'd also like to get one myself. I'd like to yeah. get that jersey. And, and you know what? We've made, nice it, we've made this all the way into this episode this far without getting into Quarterback Watch 2021. Quarterback Watch 2021. It's the most exciting part, part of every practice, right? It's the most exciting part for me of reading the nonsensical articles that have been coming out, whether it's Matt Mayoko's today about how Jimmy Garoppolo is finding ways to keep Fred Warner happy, taking the quote literally from Jimmy Garoppolo a few weeks ago in which he jokingly, you know, said, oh, I've been, you know, just trying to find little ways to keep Fred happy, just on that big contract, you know, just want to keep his confidence up and things of that nature. Mayoko takes it to another level printing the story today. Thanks. Thanks, Mayoko. Really, really appreciate it. Yeah, it, it it's... I guess it depends on how much value you put on interceptions at, at camp, right? Because uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has thrown a lot, um, but I do remember in 2019, Jimmy Garoppolo threw five against the Broncos in the dual um, practices, inter-squad practices. Um, he'll probably throw some against the Chargers as well, so get ready for that. Um, the one thing I will say is I've noticed in this watch that the reps now have completely been in the favor of Jimmy Garoppolo. It was really close before, right? Jimmy was getting a lot of reps. The twos were getting a lot of reps. Um, with Trey Lance at the helm, but now it seems that Jimmy Garoppolo has definitely started getting way more reps than Trey Lance. Uh, I think to, I think it, the first time it was maybe like nine or ten. The second time it's more like five or six. But those are a lot of reps when you're talking about a quarterback. Um, so I think it's it's starting to make they're trying to ramp up Jimmy Garoppolo, make sure he's ready to go with this first team, getting these first team reps and getting comfortable. And Jimmy's responding. He throws the interception to Fred Warner in Monday's practice. He turns around. And he goes 10 for 10 in 11 on 11s. Um, he's moving the ball, and that is what you're looking for. That is the area in which he needs to excel, and he does excel. Once again, we talk about this all the time. Jimmy needs to eliminate the turnovers. He needs to stop it, you know, not have these turnovers. Um, but I do take into account who is making these turnovers. No apologies for Jimmy Garoppolo, though. No. Stop making the turnovers. Stop making these. That, that is one of his weaknesses. These linebackers in the drops, he doesn't see them Sometimes, or doesn't get yeah. the ball over the top of them um, to his receiver. He throws a, the ball a little bit too flat and it gets picked off. So he does need to clean these things up, but he definitely can. But I thought that was at least a telling sign of where the 49ers are going in this quarterback um, decision, ultimately, for who starts week one. And you got people already putting it out there that they're not giving Trey a fair shake and all this other nonsensical stuff. But here's the thing, right? I think Lynch's comments in regards to Trey Lance and what's going on with Trey Lance are an indication of way why the reps may be tilting in Garoppolo's favor. Lynch had kind of mentioned and brought up the fact that they felt Trey Lance was reverting a little bit and reverted during that game uh, against the Chiefs. Um, reverting meaning back to poor mechanics and technique. Uh, something that, for me personally, was a big question mark about going up to three for this kid. Yes, he had a lot of things that weren't clean. Yes, by the time he got to pro day, right, his pro day, a lot of those things were significantly better than I had seen them when he was at North Dakota. However, no pressure, no fans, 
no bullets flying. Mm -hmm. All of those things aren't there. And when those those things aren't there, it's really easy to stay in your head and focus on the things that you have to do. Correct. Because you don't have things flying at you and in your face to distract you or to take your attention off of the things that, you know, are be you're trying to make second nature. Um, however, in a game situation, they have to be second nature because you can't be thinking about your arm motion, your feet sticking, right, on that on that fifth step or that third step of that drop, planting that foot and getting the ball out quickly. Um, you're thinking about your read, your read keys. Your routes, where are they in space? Where should this guy be? Is it zone coverage? Is it man coverage? Is it cover three? I saw cover two. Am I sure it's cover two? You know, where is this linebacker in his drop? Is this corner showing me cover two but really sinking and sagging and trying to play more towards the corner of the field? Is he really playing a deep third and, and not underneath? Like all of these things are running through your head in the game, so you don't have time to think about your mechanics. Your mechanics have to be second nature. And if you've played one way for 19 years of your life, right? There's no guarantee that one or two years or six months or, you know, 10 months of work is going to override the 19 years of playing experience and the techniques and forms that you've used, um, even if you've been drilling those things every day, you know, for hours on end. It's just not how it works, unfortunately. It takes some time for those things to sink in and become second nature. So if they truly do feel like he's reverted in some mechanical form, then they're going to slow down the reps and the pressure and getting him out there on the field and limit those opportunities so that he can work more in practice scenarios and situations where guess what? If you make a mistake, your confidence isn't going to be completely shot because it's a practice. That's where you're supposed to make mistakes. Yeah. You know what? This guy, uh, he did revert a little bit according to, you know what they said. However, I would also like to take into account that, yeah, you can't figure this out over, you know, a summer, you can't get everything right. But it did not go all the way back. Just um, a little. He he did improve. He's still a lot better than he was. And as the game gets easier for him, and as it slows down, he, those things will pick back up. His his mechanics will get a little bit better. Um, because right now he was just so nervous, and he was you know doing things to make make plays. Yes, he doesn't play nervous. He doesn't look like it. But those nerves are running through your mind, right? You're trying not to make mistakes. You're trying to play the best you possibly can. Um, we had great moments with him and we had some moments that were shaky and that's what you expect from a rookie quarterback and his development. But I don't think that they're going to push pause on, on his development. I don't think they're going to push pause on getting him out there and letting him play in these games. I think all they're going to do is go back. They seen what they need to work on. They're going to work on it and they're going to continue with the overall plan of using Jimmy Garoppolo and sprinkling in Trey Lance, uh, and using both of these quarterbacks in certain situations that benefit the football team and make sure that they can win. I, I don't think it changes anything. Um, I think that all it does is just prove that he's a human and he's not able to, you know, figure everything out and, and execute it as a, as a superhuman level in his first rookie season um, and his first training camp. But let's see how he does against the Chargers. Let's see how he does against the Raiders. Ultimately, let's see what he does when he's against Detroit, um, how how he plays and and then those things are and how he develops over the over the over time as the game slows down, because the game will slow down for him the more he gets used to the speed of the of football in the NFL. Um, and the more he's comfortable with this offense, comfortable with his teammates, comfortable with the situations, the coverages that he's going to be going against, all that stuff will make him execute at a higher level and he will play better. So am I concerned? No. Did he revert? Probably. Um, I didn't go break down every single one of his mechanics, um, but if John Lynch said it, I'm going to take his word for it. Look, I didn't look into it too heavy because I was more focused on other things because I felt, again, some of the issues that Trey had were not on Trey in terms of some of the bad throws and things of that nature, and some of them were. And I just honestly chalked it up to just being a rookie, your first game, and just nerves and things of that nature, and some of that will get cleaned up with time. So, yeah, if they felt like he reverted in some form or aspect, it doesn't surprise me at all because he had questions and concerns coming out of college. 
in terms of mechanics. Wind up, he had the wind up throw. It was not a quick release. That's not a strength of his. Um, was it as bad as Tim Tebow? No, not even close. But it was still a wind up. It still exists, and you want to clean that up and compact that throwing motion the best you can, um, so that way he's not having to take that extra time. Um, there were some concerns in terms of reads and get when he got the ball out during the game, um, and some of that may have been release and just you know him waiting a little bit for guys. And you know what? That comes with time. It's recognition. Yeah. I mean, it is. Everything's moving around, and they're showing him shell coverages. He's getting to see different things um, in a football setting, and they're showing him one thing and doing another. I mean, we, we saw this before. We, we were watching the game together, and there were pre-snap times um, where it would look like a cover two, and then they would switch it to a quarters or, you know, whatever it was. Um, they would make this guy think, and pre-snap reads are something he still has to work on. That's something you only get better at through experience. Uh, and he's getting experience in these games. He played – you know, over a half of football in this last game. And I thought that overall he looked good. He had he had his mistakes. He had his phenomenal plays. He showed his potential. Um, but by no means that I think I had any thoughts of him being anything other than a great quarterback in the future. Uh, I look forward to his development. I think this is great. You're going to be able to work on these things. His, his technique and skills are going to get better and better as time goes on. The only problem is he's going to have to do a lot of the technique work on his own with another coach. They don't have time to do this in practice. Um, he's still got to learn all the scheme things, all the reads, all that. Um, so he's going to have to put in some more effort on his own, but he can do it. Um, but I think that's why we're seeing sometimes he has a little bit of inconsistencies in his completion percentage. Um, some of it is drops, of course, because I'm shocked. Richie James dropped another football in practice. Um, River Craycraft dropped the ball in the game, too. Well, Richie dropped it in practice now, too. Uh, Again, it went, it, it continuously dropping passes. Um so, yeah, I feel for him on that. But as far as quarterback watch goes, I don't think anything's changed after this game. Jimmy, Trey, um, Jimmy's going to get the bulk of the snaps. Trey's going to kind of, you know, come in there behind him. And then when we get to the games, the regular season games, they're going to play um, however they need them to, to win football games. I think the only thing that's changed, and it's probably just my perception of how Trey's going to be used, is I thought there may be more situations where you see Trey going in on random downs and situations where maybe they could get certain packages or looks on the field. I think they're going to try and limit it to short field stuff now because when you got short fields, short downs, short distances, less to read, less to have to look at, right? Less of the field that you're operating in potentially as well. So you can key, on, key in on a few more things, which takes some of the extra decision-making out and make it very, very simple and even more watered down than I thought maybe – I won't even say that maybe I thought he was like trending towards, but a lot of people were making it sound like it was trending towards. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm ready to make that jump after one preseason game. Definitely not after one preseason yeah. game. But I'm, I, if if the if what correlates is true, right? If it follows that Lynch and Shanahan believe technique and things of that nature nature have reverted, right? And he has to clean up some of that stuff. Then taking some things off of his plate and giving him less to focus on, so he can work and clean up on the other things as well. I think would lead towards maybe there being maybe not less situations but more focused and centralized situations rather than being a broad scope, narrow the scope in terms of what you want him doing right now so he can clean up and focus on other things. Well, I mean, he's going to learn the entire game plan just like Jimmy Garoppolo Correct. because he has to be prepared to go in. Just in um, case. The, the, the roles that he's going to play, I think, have always been defined. It was always going to be short yardage. It was always going to be in the red zone. Those were going to be situations where he could be successful. Um, also, red zone offense is a lot less of an install. There's not that many plays to learn. Um, Two-point conversions, also a place where Trey Lance could excel. I think that Kyle Shanahan won't um, waver on whatever he thought already. So if he already thought that he was going to play 
um, Trey Lance in certain series and certain certain situations. Um, he's going to do that. I don't think he's going to waver from that. He has a belief and he sticks by it. Um, and definitely, definitely not this early. I think if we, for all we know, Trey Lance is going to go out there against the Chargers and he's going to absolutely blow everyone out of the water. Um, we just don't know. And then everyone's going to blow up again. Oh, this and that. The re- we we got to make sure we never overreact to any situation, uh, especially this early in preseason. I get what you're saying um, because I think you were starting to believe that on third and ten and stuff like that he could go in and, and do things. I still think there are opportunities for him to run full drives. I don't think it'll be just by down and distance, um, but to what level? I'm not sure. I don't know if that'll be a couple of game or you know two or three a game. We'll see what happens. But ultimately, I don't think Kyle Shanahan has wavered on whatever his plan is. No, I don't think he's wavered. I definitely think that. Maybe maybe it's just me. Maybe maybe I'm just changing. You know what? That's okay because I'm not making decisions for the 49ers. So no. My opinion is allowed to shift and flow with the wind a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Not too much. We don't want to flip flop. We definitely don't want a sliding scale. But when new evidence presents itself, you know you do want yeah. to be able to make alterations and adjust, and that's okay because you know what, Ant? There are more exciting things going on right now than what's happening with Trey Lance's reverting this. Right? There are more exciting. More things. exciting. Yeah, hundred percent. Nick Bosa will officially be back. He will. After the Chargers game, yeah, one hundred percent. If you if you watched last week's episodes, we said that that was going to happen. We did make that. Um, Nick Bosa, yeah, he's going to come in for the dress rehearsal. He'll have a team practices next week, and then he'll come in for the dress rehearsal against the Raiders. Uh, he won't play very long, but he'll gear up and he'll be ready to go. Um, he'll play a little bit, and then when he gets to Detroit, he'll be full go and ready to go. This has always been the plan. There's always been a plan for Nick Bosa, D4, Jalen Hurd. All these guys, the training staff and the coaching staff, have put together very good, cohesive plans to make sure they could get these guys on the field and healthy all at the same time. Uh, that's why so many people sat out in the first preseason game. It's a concerted effort to make sure that their starters are healthy week one at Detroit uh, and not to play in these meaningless preseason games uh, where it doesn't matter if a starter gets reps. It matters for the other guys. The other guys trying to make this roster, 100% it does, but it doesn't matter for these other guys. So there's no reason to have them out there too long. Uh, But the dress rehearsal, one half of football for the starters, I still don't think we'll get a half from Nick Bosa, but we'll definitely get to see him out there uh, take some snaps off the edge. Absolutely, and I'm excited for that, and I think every 49ers fan should be excited for that because it's one step closer to this D-line being completely healthy and getting all of the key pieces out there at one time. Oh, yeah. Which will be exciting. The gold rush, always exciting. And speaking of the gold rush, Eric Armstead had himself one heck of a day today at practice. Reports are he was in the backfield constantly, was nonsense, was a freaking monster and a nuisance in the run game. And apparently Arden Key had himself a day, including flattening Jalen Moore on his way to p- applying pressure, right, on Jimmy Garoppolo's interception to Fred Warner. Um, That's his second one in back-to-back days to Fred Warner, and we talked about that a little bit earlier, but what we didn't talk about was Key applying the pressure. I did find it funny. One of the reporters for the Mercury News, I forget who exactly it was, was talking about how Arden Key looked especially good during team drills but not so much during one-on-ones. And I was reading that and being like, and, and your point is, what exactly? Because him looking good in team drills should be a great indication, right, of, of where he's at and what he's doing because that's the closest thing to an actual live game situ- simulated situation. There's really no need to talk about struggles during one-on-ones because you don't know necessarily what was being asked of him during those one-on-one drills. Was he being asked to work on a specific type of move? Was he Was he asked to work on you know, allowing a defensive lineman to get that initial engagement and then trying to fight off of it to get to your spot or, you know, work on your pass rush off that initial engagement or if he gets the right hand play. 
you don't know what's being asked in the one-on-one -on -one drills. It's typically a more centralized focus drill in which you're working on a, an aspect of your game and not necessarily your whole package, right? Team drills, you're not necessarily going to be working on necessarily your whole game. You're going to be focused on executing, getting the quarterback, disrupting runs, things of that nature. So I love seeing Arden Key having success in 11-on-11 team situations. I love hearing that Eric Armstead's having a great day and people are finally acknowledging Eric Armstead because you and I both feel like this man has caught a lot of slack. This isn't the best edge rusher we have off the edge, but this guy is solid against the run off the edge. He can fluctuate and move inside and add things in there, whether as a pass rusher and as a run stopper on the interior as well. Um, man, Eric Armstead going out there and having a good day, showing that the, the hammy isn't really bothering him too much. I like that. You know how much stock I put in one-on-ones? Uh, Zero. Um, they mean nothing. Uh, there's probably a point of emphasis. It could even have been Arden Key was supposed to bull rush. Maybe they're working on Jalen Moore anchoring down or whoever he's going against. You don't know exactly what they're working on, whether it's an offensive perspective, a defensive perspective. Um, it could have been an anchor down situation against a bull rush. You don't know what they each guy had to go on. Uh, One-on-ones are not a good uh, way to evaluate talent. 11-on-11s is definitely the best way. Of course, you know game situations are even better. Uh, these dual practices with the Chargers are going to be fantastic for that. You're going to be able to evaluate these guys a lot further. But yes, it's nice to see Eric Armstead out there. He's making plays. He's going to do this, especially once he gets the full spectrum of other players out there with him. Nick Bosa, D Ford, um, you know, DJ Jones, all these guys are going to help make him a better football player on obvious pass downs when he can slide inside. He is a mismatch issue for most guards. He's a um, too good of a pass rusher to be defeated by a guard. He's going to win that battle most of the time. And if you put him on one on one situations, he'll win. And if for some reason you're double teaming him, that means DJ Jones, Javon Kinlaw, Nick Bosa or D Ford, Samson Ebucom, somebody else is singled up. That is a big problem for you. So let's hope he is eating, you know, double teams. If he is, somebody else is eating overall and going to make big plays. Um, it's nice having this guy out there. He's a big physical guy who plays great against the run and very adequate against the pass. Don't be surprised if he doesn't have a bounce back season of eight plus sacks. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, and, and look, at, at the end of the day, I, I don't really have. I just don't have too much concern right now with this this D-line. I think the pieces are coming in at the right time. I think the that Lynch and Shanahan have both done a great job of monitoring all of these guys and trying to get them all healthy and getting onto the same page, right, for them all being ready by week one, not necessarily all having them ready by the last preseason game or this week against the Chargers. They're just trying to make sure that we can get all of these guys on the field against the Lions week one. So at times we get an idea and a look of all four of them on the field, right? Or at least four of the, the six guys who could have a major impact on this D-line in terms of the extended level or the high level of play that we all expect from this group. Um, that's all I want. That's all I want to see. So however long it takes to get there, and I, I agree with you on, on Armstead there. I think he's going to have a bounce back here. Yeah, the 53-man roster is what they're trying to build but they already know who these top 22 to 26 guys are. That's fair. Um, so there, there's not a lot of concern with them. All does you're that, trying does to that inter include Tabor Pepper, Robbie Golden, which was, that's exactly why it's 26. You know, you, I had to, I had to go out there with that. Um, you, you definitely know who these guys are and you want to get them in the, the game against Detroit preseason. How you get them there um, is not important. As long as these guys are healthy and then physically capable to play at a top level against Detroit, that's what you're trying to get at. None of this other stuff matters. None of these other games matter. Um, the practice reps only matter if they're doing something to benefit. So if you need to sit out and get someone rest so that way they can be healthy for week one against Detroit, that's more important than anything else. I agree. 
Yeah, I, I agree completely. Um, and Richie James is opening the door for guys like the Simba Webster and other guys to step up in this place. Uh, the Simba Webster push is getting very, very big in 49ers ridiculous. land um, from fans. And I'm going to say it's ridiculous. Well, here's the thing, right? He has to do something as a receiver. They're not going to keep this guy as wide receiver six if he's never going to get on the field and cut loose Travis Benjamin, Jalen Hurd, or Jawan Jenny. Like One of those three guys is not going to go just so that this guy can return kickoffs. No, and it's it's one preseason game against the Chiefs threes. Well, this is the KNBR was talking about this today. I, I read a little bit of the article in which they were talking about Richie James's drop and how he's just opening the door for Simba Webster and and you know Kyle Shanahan's sick of watching Richie James and he's just hoping that that Webster can do something and do uh, can kick that door open and take over the the wide receiver six spot and solidify himself as the Niners returner. And then, like two lines later, talk about how, but he really hasn't done anything as a wide receiver yet. But you know, at least he's not dropping passes. And it's like that's the bar we're setting for wide receiver six: return some kicks, don't drop some passes. And you know what? If you're a below average wideout who can't really get open, it is what it is. At least you can return some kickoffs. Yeah. It's like, folks, we can't. You cannot sacrifice diversity in the wide receiver room in terms of you know route running, extending deep right being utilized as a running back all the things that juan jenning jalen hurd can do right the things that ben, travis benjamin can do for a guy who just returns kicks that, that's just not this is a super bowl contending team you, you can't do that you have to have somebody who can do both you have to find somebody who can do both um and whether that's finding someone who's on the roster who isn't currently doing it right or making a move and going out and grabbing somebody else at some point in time in order to accomplish that you're not just going to cut a piece loose, though, to make sure that you have a sixth guy who can return kicks. It's no, just not reasonable. No, you have to have an accomplished guy that can play those positions. You have to have somebody that you can get the ball to in crunch time and feel comfortable with it. You have to have a guy that can step in in case there's an injury and know that he can fill the role of somebody ahead of him. Um, it's not just that it's a sixth wide receiver, so it needs to be a kick returner. Um, it's definitely not the way football is, is played th these days. Maybe in the past, you did keep someone because they were just a returner. Um, those days are gone. Uh, he's going to have to prove it. Did he have a good showing in the preseason game? Absolutely. The overreaction is just too much. Um, stop you know, going so much into one game. I think a lot of people really came out of that game with a bunch of question marks and then also hyping up a bunch of players. And when you go back into the film and really look at it, a lot of those things aren't as they seemed in that game. People are finding out and you're seeing a lot of posts about it. Oh, the offensive line actually didn't play this bad. Oh, this happened. Well, I'm telling you, Simba Webster looked good, but he didn't look that good compared to that he's going to make this roster over six other guys. Did I think he put himself in contention for the conversation? Absolutely. Is he ready to make this roster? No. He better have an absolutely great game against the Chargers, an absolutely great game against the Raiders, and then even then he's a bubble guy. It's, it's going to be tough for him to make this team. If he has one bad game, he will be cut. He will most likely. I don't be even cut. think he has to have a bad game. I think if he if he has a bad game, yeah, you're right, he's going to get cut. He's going to get cut. I don't even think he has to have a bad game to get cut. I think he'd have good games. He has to have absolutely great games. He has to return a kick for a touchdown. Yeah, he yeah. has to make plays on offense where he gets down the field and creates you know havoc with yards after the catch. I just, I mean, we saw the reverse. That was great. The reverse. Listen, he had two good plays from that game: the reverse and the kickoff. You know what else? No, no, what you know what? No one's talking about. The first botched kickoff where he did not, did oh, not at all play it well. That was sketch. It yeah. bounced at the about the eight yard line, right, and rolled towards the end zone with defenders coming in around him, and he gets tackled at the ten yard line. No one's talking about that play for some reason, and I'm sorry, 
the one good return, that's that's great and all. It was great. But he almost gave the, the opposing team the ball at the one-yard line or even worse, in the end zone. Right, it it wasn't good. It was not a good play. It was not yeah. a good situation. He bounced back. Luckily, if he doesn't bounce back and have that kick return in the reverse run, there's a good chance we're not even talking about this guy being at practice anymore. Like he yeah. he he was two two good pl- two good plays saved him, and that's what's going to happen with Simba Webster going forward. He has to con- keep putting together good great plays, and not just a few of them. He's going to have to have a handful of them. By the time we get out of camp, if he wants any chance to make this roster, 49ers fans are just seeing kick return and immediately flashing to, oh, we've never had, we've never seen this before. Not and it's like, Ted Ginn. It hasn't been there. And you know what? It, it is what it is. You're not going to yeah. sacrifice a roster spot, though, for a guy who can return some kicks. Well, there definitely has been a heightened alert to kick returns and special teams. Um, once again, pushed by a media narrative, what? a Bay Area media narrative, um, that this is an area that Brandon Ayuk needs to fill, right? He has to fill it. It's a good talking point. If Brandon Ayuk needs to fill it, then why do we need to keep Simba you know, Webster? Um, that is a good question to have. You Be- mean you mean to tell me, Ant, that if they just – legitimately looked at the question right and and they're pushing this narrative of brandon Ayuk that there is no need for simba webster if you have a brandon Ayuk and therefore the the talking point is just bunk yeah pretty much My gosh. If, if you want brandon Ayuk to return, return kicks you can do that right away and then you don't need a simba webster um you can keep somebody else that does something else on your football team um, there are other guys as well muhammad sanu can return kicks uh, he's been back there doing it i'm sure there's even other guys that you know, because there's a few of these return guys right now that aren't going to make the team, right? Kevin White already gone. He's going to be in New Orleans now. Good, good chance River Craycraft is River Craycraft is probably not going to be re- the return guy. So Richie James is not doing enough on offense. But even then, I think he still has the best opportunity to make it, just because he's the guy they know. Um, but I don't think he's going to make it now. I think he's gone. But I think that I think we're just going a little over the top, you know, as 49 49ers fans and stuff. We're just we're taking this a little too seriously. Um, everybody's jumping on, you know, one performance and thinking that it's like the end of the, you know, the the end of it. It's like, hey, no, it is a long way to go. I have, he, I have he's not six. He's like eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there. He's he's eight or nine. I think eight or nine is a fair spot to put him in right now because I, I think I think his performance put him over River Craycraft personally. Um, yeah. so I didn't think River did anything. I think River runs better routes than Simba That's Webster. about it. That's about it. That's about that's, the only thing. That's a lot when you're talking about offense. It is a lot when you're talking about offense, but, you know, poor River. But he does. He runs better routes than, and he works, than he works really hard. Simba Webster. He does. He does work really hard. But I'm just saying that, that that's the thing. I think the only reason he draw drawn even with them is because the kick return on top of that. That's accurate. Because he's more dynamic than Richie James. He's more dynamic than uh, River Craycraft. In the return um, game. In the yes. return game, yes. yes. And even, I'm, I'm sure he probably is in open field as well. Um, if you we can saw get him on the reverse. If yeah. you can get him the ball in space, he can make plays. Um, but he, he's just drawn even with them. He has definitely not passed them. And he has definitely not passed guys like, you know, Jawan Jennings or any of those guys. And I, I, I haven't seen enough consistency out of him to say that he's even ahead of a guy like Travis Benjamin, who I've seen more from. And we've seen Travis Benjamin make the deep plays over the top in camp. So, yeah, and another one to Jimmy Garoppolo hit him deep again. So you love to see it. You do you absolutely love. One hundred percent. Travis Benjamin needs to show up. One hundred percent. He yes. needs to show up. Yes. But he definitely has the ability to show up, and that if he did make this roster, he could also be that kick punt return guy. Could. Um. So, but I think he's on the outside looking in right now. I agree with you there. He is definitely on the outside looking in, unless the Niners plan on keeping seven wideouts. Or unless they do something with you know with Jalen Hurd. If Jalen Hurd's not going to be healthy, um, then Travis Benjamin could be that sixth guy. 
Very well could be the case. We're just going to have to wait and see, my guy. Correct. There is a lot of questions still. There's a still a lot of things to be answered, and the Niners have no practice tomorrow. No, they have no practice. No practice. They're flying out to uh, to L.A. to the Chargers to have their practice, to have their joint practice session on Thursday and Friday. So we're just going to have to wait and see another day. The exciting news is, though, we are going to get some joint practices going on. We are going to get to see some things from these these folks. We're going to get to see them go up against an opponent in practice. Yes. Be able to lay some of that wood and things of that nature. D. Ford and Samson Ebucom both in this this last practice here got a little bit of run in on 11 on 11. So they're inching closer and closer to being ready. There's a lot of exciting things going on with the 49ers, whether it's quarterback watch, whether it's wide receiver room watch, whether yeah. it's Jalen Moore on the offensive line watch. It doesn't matter what it is. Tons of storylines and tons of things to talk about. And you know where you can get it all? Right here at the 49ers Cutback. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you've hit that notification bell because we're just getting started on things to talk about this week. And it's only it's only a Wednesday, Ant. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into all the stuff that's going to be happening with these joint practices with the Chargers. Um, it's going to be very exciting. We're going to get a lot of information. Uh, I think we're still going to have a lot of 49ers football players that sit out of these practices uh, during those team drills, ultimately. But I think we'll see a few more of them on uh, at the game on Sunday. We'll see a few more guys suit up than we saw you know, previously. Um, so that's the exciting thing as they build towards getting ready for Detroit. Ultimately, the dress rehearsal against the Raiders. But tons of great stories that are going to come out of this. Will Jalen Hurd actually be practicing against the Chargers? Will D. Ford get a few reps? Those are all going to be things to watch. Um, key questions of how these guys are able to handle this situation, handle this Chargers defense, because Joey Bosa and Derwin James are going to be there. How will Trey Lance match up? You know, if he has the opportunity to go against this first team defense of the Chargers, uh, can he figure out where Derwin's going to be? He could be in the box. He could be, a, you know, back deep. You just don't know where he's going to be, and that'll be a nice chess match to watch. Is Trent Williams going to be okay? Do 49er fans need to freak out? There's tons of things to talk about. There's tons of things to be keeping your eye on. So make sure you're a part of this channel. Make sure you've hit that subscribe button. Make sure you've hit that notification bell. Make sure you hit the like button and share it with the faithful as well. That way this content is getting pumped out to as much of the faithful and football fans out there as humanly possible because you can use some of this info for fantasy football. You're welcome. You're welcome, fantasy players out there. There's just tons of things to talk about this team. And Ant, there's still tons of things to get to cover going forward with this group. Lots of things still playing out. I'm really excited to see what happens going into and leading into this game against the Chargers this Sunday. Time and patience, 49ers fans, let things develop. Let information come to you. Don't try and discern or, you know, come up with crazy theories to describe what's going on. Just let it get reported. Watch it with your own eyes. And then, you know, come to natural, normal conclusions. I think that's the, the thing is is go to, go to sources, look into it yourself, um, and then and let it play out. Uh, people are going to put information out there. Some of it's correct, some of it's not. Um, when something's not correct, if they own it, great. If they don't, you know what's cu you know what's up. Um, but I will say that this is one hundred percent. No one is going to be perfectly right about everything that comes with football. Um, there's always going to be mistakes. I know I'm going to have bad takes, Alex. I'm sure you'll have bad takes along the way. Um, that's just the way it is because we're trying to uh, you know figure out exactly how it's going. So a lot of the times we like to keep it completely straight as far as this is what we see. This is what's actually happening, and we're not going to overreact. And as long as we do that, we'll always be in the right spots. If we overreact, that's when we're going to have problems. So 49ers fans, keep everything in context. Focus on football. How True. football is played is going to help you to kind of dictate and determine what's going on with this team. It's not going to be crazy outlandish things. And before we sign off officially, Ant, I just want to say a big sarcastic thank you to all the 49ers talking heads out there who decided to use their VPNs, right? 
to watch all 22 film and then post it on Twitter and then get it completely removed from, from a Game Pass, thank you for doing that. Sarcastically. Did not appreciate it at all whatsoever. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Butts. Yeah. Big old butts. You know what? It's fine. All 22 film, the NFL said, will be back by the time we get to the regular season in week one. Thank God for that. We're not going to waste our money on Game Pass. So you'll have plenty of breakdowns when the time comes. But 49ers fans, until that time and until the next one, you stay safe. Remember the right way. Is it's always the 49ers, 49ers way. way. Sorry, Josh Rosen. Officially out of time. Out of time.